Super Talk Mississippi media production. Spring is in the air, and that means it's time to refresh your wardrobe with the season's hottest trends at the Black Sheep Boutique. Don't blend in this spring. Stand out with the Black Sheep Boutique with two locations to serve you in Tupelo or Saltillo or online at theblackshepboutiquetupelo.com. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Known Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And don't forget, you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And I thought today we'd kick off good things with a little roundup of some good headlines that I've posted recently over on the Good Things Facebook group. First is a congratulations to the Ocean Springs couple who is celebrating 70 years together in wedded bliss. I am sure all seven decades have been wonderful. But it is. It's a sweet story. Tony and Jean, or Jean Ann, they met and been inseparable for more than 70 years. They actually met at Tony's mother's funeral, which is a little sad. But Tony didn't know that the death of the dearest woman he loved would bring him closer to the one he'd spend a lifetime with. And he says he hasn't been with anyone else since October of 1951, which is super sweet. They're both Catholic and rooted with Italian roots. They grew up in Chicago but found their way to Mississippi because Tony uh, enlisted in the Marines and then he served through the Korean War. They got married August the 22nd when he got out of service. You can read about the uh, rest of their story over on the Good Things Facebook group. But I love whenever they're asked, um, how do you make 70 years together work? And they both say the blueprint was forgiveness and love, which I think is sweet. And I'm sure there's some other practical things they've done over 70 years that have kept them um, together. But gosh, if you think about it, they would be in their 90s if they got married in their 70s. And if maybe if they got, you know, married a little bit later or earlier, they might be in their late 80s. But that's a lot. That, that is a long time together. I mean, he had to be old enough to serve in Korea and then come back. So, I, yeah. Married. So that would have been 18 if you serve, say 20. So you'd be, you'd be knocking on. Got married in early to mid 20s. Probably. Early mid 20s. So they early to mid 90s um, together. I think that's that's super sweet. Um, there's another good Headline over at supertalk.fm, a Mississippi native and U.S. Army veteran has been honored with the Purple Heart uh, Medal for wounds he received in the action of September 11th in Iraq. If you want to read about retired Army Major Victor Hogan, you can do that. It's a Purvis Navid over, 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 over at supertalk.fm. And then Ole Miss, we're all 
the students are heading back to school uh, for the fall. Ole Miss welcomes the largest freshman class in school history. Over 5,000 students was at Tuesday's uh, convocation for the welcome year of, uh, I guess, school year 2023. That seems like a big graduating class. You wonder about all the different stories, 5,000 of them, why they chose Ole Miss. What are they going to be studying of those 5,000? You know, who and then where they will be. What if you had 10 and 20 year reunions for your college classmates? That would be that would be interesting. Would it be your if you did that, would you do your freshman like college people and then see where you're at in 10 or 20 years? I think that's years? why they don't really do them very Oh, often. I know, because I mean, everybody goes in totally different directions. Some don't make it through. Some stay longer. Some get extra degrees. I mean, there's once you do it, it's well, and then you don't really get to know each other the same way you do in high school. But it would be neat, you know, if you did kind of have that welcome back. If you were like, I think you'd have to do freshmen and then see where where your life ended up. Sort I think of after. the closest thing you get to a, a college class reunion is if you have, like, for example, a, a tailgate for students that graduated from a certain school at the college. Oh, that'd be neat. Like you've got the school of business sets up a tailgate, and if you were in the business school at a college, you go to that tailgate. Some do that. I think the you know food nutrition dietitians we pretty much stick together um, because we all end up in this, not in the same internship, but there's very it's a small y'all, only, y'all are the only ones that tailgate with celery <laughs> and not just for the buffalo wings. <laughs> You'd be surprised at what some of your nutrition <laughs> students um, enjoy. But yeah, just thinking back to like freshman year and then being new on campus usually means that you're going to have a dorm. Most at least universities require that you're in the dorm for the first year. Thinking back to me, I was like, man, that would have been 20 years ago that I would have been a freshman at um, Southern Miss. And y'all, my dorm room looks nothing or looked nothing like the dorm rooms of young girls now. I know you roll your eyes and many do are kind of thinking it's over the top. And it's one of those things I feel like got a little bit of a niche and then you know, with I don't think you would have ever made it to where it's at without social media and sort of that idea of look at mine. But if you haven't seen the photos, you should go to the Good Things Facebook group and look because there is a lot of creativity in there. And there's a lot of times um, if it's just a passion that either the mom or the child or whomever have for, you know, um, decorating or sort of having their own little style put on it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, you wonder what the budgets are for some of them. They look better than most master bedrooms is the kind of the common uh, uh, theme for most of the commenters. But it's not doing any harm if you want to look at it that way. But my thing is they need to pop in there about late October, mid-November, right before uh, Thanksgiving break and then take like pop in photos of those of those dorm rooms because I can make my daughter's room look amazing you know whenever I go and clean it and take a picture but if I leave her unsupervised for a good 48 to 72 hours for sure way it looked in the photo is not how she actually lives you know it out on a day-to-day basis so you do wonder what those rooms will look like in a couple of weeks when life actually gets lived in it. I'm going to imagine, though, I'm just going out on a limb, Rhino, that your 
freshman dorm and my freshman dorm looked totally different. Oh yeah. Did you did you have any like inkling of a theme? Oh no. Or a <laughs> color no. palette or organization like did you put I still don't have a color palette. <laughs> did you put any thought process into the things you brought into your dorm thinking this would be good for a dorm, not just because it was your toothbrush, hairbrush, shaving kit like not like- I was thinking about this earlier actually and one of the one of the few things that I, I brought into the dorm for the express purposes of oh I need this got used exactly two times and was eventually tossed because it broke and it was a tea maker a like tea- a, like a coffee pot but specifically for making tea and it never got used it got used twice I remember us being trendy at Southern Miss, and you had the two twin beds that were wooden, but they could be stacked to make. Oh yeah, you could bunk them. You could. You, it was a. It was a personal choice, and so the big thing just back then was if you bunked them, and then you got a futon, so you could have like extra seating. That was considered like. You have gone above and beyond in your decorating senses, and then it came down to like hacks for organization because it was two chicks living in a very small combined place with like tiny closets and so you had to figure out space like you figure you got so i felt like we spent more of our energy less on color palettes and coordinating and ruffles and more on how many drawers can i sneak into this room not britches like functional drawers that you could sneak to put things and to store things and then how you know how many meals can i make and what's allotted with my little um thing that they'll allow me to have whereas by the time i got to my last year in college i had i i won an inflatable raft at a bar and that became the hamper that's where the dirty clothes went so it's just a big pile of clothes in an inflatable boat. I still to this day am proud of the fact that I moved out of my dorm room at Southern Miss. I guess it was I moved out, I think that well, I guess it was that May. And all of it fit into my ninety nine two door sunfire. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how I got it all in there. I think I left a few things behind for just the dump or for the trash. But whenever I left that dorm it was just me and my little sunfire and I everything that needed to go with me came came out of it and back to back to Terry. I remember pulling into the pulling up and my dad being like, he couldn't say what could he say then? I was home. I made it. I didn't wreck. I had zero sight lines. <laughs> it set like the windshield directly in front of me. So it was not a good you know the safest choice I ever made. But I packed that thing like a pro. Figured out everywhere to stick something and nothing out windows. I got it all. I got it all back home. Yeah, there you go. All right, stick with us though. We got more for you coming up next.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Good things. We are on computer, your mobile device. You can watch us on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices. You can even find us on YouTube. If you've got Ceasefire TV, we are on Channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel. But don't go there because you'll just be sad. You can also catch good things in podcast form wherever you listen to podcasts. But I hope today is like the tippy top of the bell curve of how hot can we make Mississippi. And hopefully we'll start to go over a little bit more, um, more back down, more back down. This great English. <laughs> the heat has fried our brains. <laughs> At least I recognize it, right? Like that would be the worst part. Just keep on talking. No, hopefully it will feel more like uh, seasonal weather. But you got Sports Talk Mississippi. They are coming up next. So they will be at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College in Perkinson. They're kicking off the Meet the Bulldogs night, and you'll get to hear the great things going on at Mississippi Gulf Coast College, uh, Community College. And then on Monday, Sports Talk will be on the move. They will be live at the Sportsbook inside the Golden Moon Casino at Pearl River Resort. They're kicking off college football season and celebrate the Sportsbook's five-year anniversary. Gosh, I remember when we were, I think we were all there for the opening of the sports book. So that's crazy that it's been five years. Learn more about everything happening from golf and gaming to live events and great dining. So that's at PearlRiverResort.com. Today is August the 24th, which has been dubbed America's worst day for sick leave absences. So there's a chance you're not listening to good things at work. You may be listening to us at home because you're... Sick. And Playing so, a little hooky, huh? I don't know. More people are off work in the United States due to sickness August the 24th than any other day of the year. Why they know that? I don't know. Including during cold and flu season in the depths of winter, according to analysis by a leave management software provider. So of all the collective, and I'm assuming it's not, the, I mean, that has to be old data from maybe like last year or years to come. But the theory is... Today, is I was about to say because there was a day like right after the vid hit where pretty much half the population had a sick day. <laughs> a sick day, and then they just said, "Hey, everybody, take one!" Like just gone home, have an extended one. How'd that turn out? Not so well. So, anywho, if you are, you're not alone today, and maybe you're at home and wondering what you should cook to make yourself feel better. I got an idea. It's waffles. It is National Waffle Day. Waffles should have their own day. Because I feel like sometimes pancakes take the stage when it comes to, how would you describe it? Breakfast cake? Because that's pretty much what it is. Um, Muffins are like cupcakes for breakfast. But then you have waffles and pancakes, which is pretty much cake batter but not, but cake batter but not, and just cooked up. I know they're not the same, but they are in two different ways for breakfast to make you feel better about having cakes for breakfast. But the reason it's August the 24th was because in 1869, Cornelius 
Swartith, Swartith, I'm not even going to try. I, I, look, I did good with the Cornelius part, okay? Of Troy, New York, he received his patent for the waffle iron. So while waffles existed long before 1869. I'm going to say Swartith. Good for it. Go. I like it. You get it. Uh, invention made waffles more readily available. I feel like there's only two ways you get a waffle iron. Number one, you are really into waffles and you buy them yourself. Or number two, you get them as a wedding gift. And you didn't even put it on your reg- registry. You just, someone showed up with you a waffle iron because what do you get? People who are getting married when you feel like they already have everything. I was almost a weird a outlier iron. to that. I almost pulled the trigger and bought this contraption until I figured out that's probably a bit gimmicky. But it was a panini press with a waffle iron. Like it had little plates. You could change mm-hmm. it out. So if you didn't feel like having the little pressed sandwich you could slide that one out and put the waffle in and make waffles and i'm thinking i might use it and then it's probably just going to sit in the bottom of the cabinet somewhere until i get another craving yes the answer is yes but do you like waffles or pancakes oh i prefer waffles really oh yeah can you explain to me why because you can make a stack of pancakes and pour syrup on it, and the syrup just runs off the sides into the plate, making the bottom bottom pancake the soggy pancake. So you're, it's that race against time to make your, your pancake not taste like mush. It's kind of like when you're eating, like, Fruity Pebbles. It's a mm-hmm. race against time True until they become unappetizing. Yep. Whereas with waffles, they tend to have a little bit more structure and... In the words of Mitch Hedberg, you got little individual syrup traps. That is true. Depends on how much you like syrup. I do love my maple syrup. Do you like Chicago deep style waffles? Or do you like, I don't know what the, I guess, New York style. <laughs> the, so like uh, Waffle House, they're thinner waffles. Right. But if you make them but at home. They're plate size. But they're plate size. But if you make them at home, they usually come out like Stack like th- thicker, fluffier. Is that the waffles. Belgian waffle that has the deeper pockets? I am not a waffle exer- expert, but yes, sure. I think you're right. I would say my favorite type of waffle actually doesn't even involve cooking and or any syrup, and I've yet to be able to find the same brand my mom used to buy. But they were the kind that just came in little individual packages mm-hmm. that you just open the pack and start eating the waffle, and it's it's got syrup in it. It's just ready to go. You could nuke it if you wanted to, but it was just as tasty on its own. So you put it in the refrigerator or the freezer? No, you just leave it sitting out. Huh. I don't think Shelf-stable waffle. Shelf sta- that is exactly what America needs. More shelf-stable waffles. I I don't know. I it depends, on who's, it depends on who's making the pancakes. If my mother is making the pancakes, no thank you to the waffles. If my mother is not making the pancakes, the chances of me liking your pancakes are really rare. So I'm probably going to go with a waffle if I have the option. When you go and stay at a hotel and you wake up and they have, like, the, do you automatically make yourself a waffle just because you can? I used to. Not so much anymore. There's something fun about playing because those are heavy-duty commercial style because oh, they yeah. see so many people. And you actually get to do the whole flippity-roo where you really don't That's do That's how that. you turn half of them on. And, yeah. And then, like, and is there something about it that you, you – you're getting to live out your Waffle House dreams, even though you're just probably at the Hampton Inn. But that's okay. <laughs> you feel like you've done something. You've done something big. Can you physically go to Waffle House and not order a waffle? 
Mm. I mean, I know yeah, it's but possible. it does feel weird. It does feel weird. Like even if you're just going to get some some hash browns scattered, smothered, covered, and chunked, you, you still want the waffle for dessert. You know what I saw the other day? Because we always do Waffle House uh, once a month with our kids before school, or the kids get to go. And do you know, their chocolate waffles are not in the batter? They make a regular waffle, and then they just scatter the chocolate chips on top, and they melt. Either that, that or, she, or she was just running behind, and that's how. <laughs> but I wasn't judging. I was just watching, and I thought I always wondered, how do you do that if you've got like all these orders in your head? And then is it different batter or do you have to add the chocolate chips to the batter before like to me you're adding extra steps and so nope, they just made the waffle she and maybe she opened it up and then poured a few in there and then did the last flip. I can't but I just remember I just remember thinking, Well, they uncomplicated that and and, and it tastes absolutely delicious. One of my favorite things someone said, Lego my ego, Steve. Um I like if I'm going to do like uh Toaster style waffles. I'm not really a fan of syrup. I like to save that for like things that really taste good that were made with care. But a peanut butter and then put a slice of banana on top and the hot waffle because the waffle holds the integrity of it all better. And if you really are feeling like you need it, a drizzle of like honey or whatever, it's really good. I'm not mad at that at all. That's a really good breakfast. If you're not wanting like the traditional butter and syrup for for your waffles. I mean, it doesn't have to be just breakfast. This is the South. You can have chicken and waffles, too. You can have just waffles say, Make waffles out of cornbread dressing mix with pieces of turkey and cranberry in the mix. Thanksgiving in a waffle. Oh, yeah. I, my mom used to do that where she would take leftover dressing and put it in the waffle iron. No way! Close the waffle iron up, and it kind of crisps up the dressing, but it still it tastes just as savory and delicious as dressing. It's just a little different way of eating it. Herschel says Waffle House sprinkles the chocolate chips on top of the cooked waffle. Okay. I thought so. I saw it right. And then somehow it magically just makes it into a chocolate chip waffle that your children love. And I could repeat that at home. And she would be like, you just sprinkle chocolate chips on top of a waffle. And she would not give me the full credit for my culinary expertise. Well, that's how the lady at Waffle House did it. And you were happy with her. Batter in, add chocolate chips. Most have a designated iron for chocolate to keep the plain ones clean, someone said. Oh, we got conflicting information on our Waffle House chocolate. You know, it could be down to which each Waffle House and how they want to handle the chocolate chip waffle. Either way, I haven't been mad at one yet. I've never gotten a bad waffle at Waffle House. Stick with us, though. We've got more good for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back. You can listen to Good Things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm or also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can listen to all the cowbells as we're headed back into the football season, particularly there at MSU. and the Magnolia State, the cowboy is part of our culture. It dates back nearly 100 years at Mississippi State University, especially at those home football games. Nobody knows that more than Terry Likes. He's the department head and professor of the Department of Communication at Mississippi State University, and he brought to life cowboy, cowboy, cowbell culture, small instrument, big impact. So welcome, Dr. Likes. Well, it's great to be on the program. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I love this idea because I am not a huge, like, uh, one way or the other sort of fan. I'm just Team Mississippi. But I can appreciate the different, I guess, um, things that people love about their particular teams. And the cowbell is definitely one that fits in for those at Mississippi State. So what was the inspiration behind bringing this audio documentary um, cowbell culture to life? Well, and as you allude to, you don't have to be a sports fan in order to go to the game and have a good time because whether you're going to one of the in-state schools, I think they all do a great job in trying to get all fans involved and to have enjoy the atmosphere. But my inspiration really was I worked in the media for several years full-time, and when an academic job came open and what I'm currently doing at Mississippi State in a leadership role but also still in the classroom is I vowed to stay current in my media pursuits by producing in-depth reports, some of them serious in nature, and some were fun, like this piece on the cowbell culture here at Mississippi State. You know, when people in Mississippi think of the cowbell, they think of Mississippi State, and those outside the state may think of a bell cow because they don't know the traditions here. But on the flip side, the cowbell is also a musical instrument that has been used by many popular bands. And so being new to Mississippi State back in 2019 and loving football and all things SEC sports, it was great to see this tradition for the first time in person. But as I was headed to my first game, I wondered, how loud does it get at the stadium when 60,000 people are ringing cowbells? And while it is loud, it's not deafening. I've had many people ask if they need to wear earplugs, and I said no. So being at the games, having a media background and a love of classic rock music, I noticed that certain songs were played during the timeouts, and it made it a fun experience. It, but it made me think of other songs, some that had cowbells and some that weren't played at the stadium. And that kind of prompted me to think what other songs could be played. I thought I would tell the PA announcers and those who played the music, but then I thought of this, you know, cowbells are part of the tradition here. And many fans may have one of those moments where they maybe didn't realize, but they would say something like, I had forgotten they used the cowbell so prominently in a song, such as like what you just played, Blue Oyster Cults, Don't Fear the Reaper, or Mountain's Mississippi Queen, which is a, a frequent one they play here. But there are other songs like Honky Tonk Women of the Rolling Stones or Good Times, Bad Times by Led Zeppelin. Even Steve Azar, your colleague who's referenced in the report, says we're an American band by Grand Funk Railroad is his favorite song that uses the cowbell. And aside from ringing the cowbell at a state game, that's his most fond use or memory of a cowbell being used. Which I think you don't even have to be a football fan to sort of have a, have an association, as you said, Terry, with cowbells to Mississippi State. Do you happen to know in your report, like, I know there's myths and there's legends how the cowbells got connected to, you know, state and state games. Is there a clear sort of cut, you know, how it happened? It's a good question, and there are 
some conflicting reports, but the most unique and certainly most resounding symbol of the university is the cowbell. And I've heard Dr. Mark Keenum, the university president, several times talk about the history of the university as well as the cowbell. And it really became popular I guess well-known back in the 1930s between, of course, a state game versus our arch-rival Ole Miss, and a cow actually wandered onto the playing field, and Mississippi State apparently was losing at that time, but after they got the cow off the field, as you can imagine only in a good story, the state turned it around and won the football game. And so the lore has it that the students immediately adopted the cow as a good luck charm. And for several years, those students would bring a cow to the football game until it was eventually discontinued and they started just to bring a cow's bell to the game. Well, as time went on in the cowbells in the 50s and 60s grew and became a special symbol of the university, and the fans would ring them at the games. But in the mid-1970s, the SEC adopted a rule against noisemakers. And so for roughly 36 years, there were no cowbells at the games unless someone just happened to sneak one in. But that ban was overturned in 2010 if the fans at the stadium would do what the university affectionately calls now ring responsibly. And what that means is you can ring your cowbells after a play, you can ring before the game, after the game, but as soon as the opposing team breaks the huddle and the quarterback either goes up to the line of the scrimmage or starts to call the play in a shotgun formation, the fans need to stop ringing their cowbells. And there's even on the two large video boards within the stadium, they'll put up a graphic on occasion and it will say, rest your bell, just yell. And the fans will honor that SEC ruling by putting their cowbells down and just yelling as the play continues on the field. Well, I think, hey, kudos to the state fans, though, to be respectful of that. I think that shows that they actually have a love and affection for the cowbell. They don't want to screw it up, right? They want it to stay part of their uh, their game. And it's definitely become part of the culture outside of Mississippi, outside of Starkville. I mean, it made it all, all the way to the Saturday Night Live skit. How did that happen, Terry? Well, it's it's so interesting because everyone knows Saturday Night Live and the different eras of SNL, but back in the year 2000, Will Ferrell, along with Jimmy Fallon and others, Will Ferrell wrote a sketch uh, for one of the Saturday Night Live episodes in which he and Jimmy Fallon and others were in a rock band, and it was they were playing the characters of the rock band Blue Oyster Cult. And Ferrell's role in the band was to play the cowbell as they rehearsed the song, Don't Fear the Reaper. And that was a popular song back in the 1970s and still very popular today. And, of course, they play it in Davis Wade Stadium. Farrell wanted to play the cowbell so loudly as they kind of did a mock recreation of this song, and the band started to object. But they brought in the producer, Bruce Dickinson, who was played by actor Christopher Walken, and Walken said, i got to have more cowbell. And the crowd just erupted in the SNL studios, and the sketch became, by some sources, one of SNL's top ten all-time. So 
After that time, of course, with it being a cowbell, Mississippi State fans adopted that sketch. It's played on the video board minutes before kickoff at each home football game. The crowd even chimes in with the words as the actor says, guess what, I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell, and the cowbell sounds just fill the stadium. It's really a fun way to get the crowd fired up before kickoff. Is there any other uh, team in the SEC, Terry, that has a, I guess, a a, like a cow, I know not a cowbell, but has a noise maker that's so deeply ingrained in their in their school's culture. There have been, according to my sources when I was producing this report, other professional teams, even a few other colleges that have tried noisemakers, but not on the sustained level that Mississippi State has for all of these years. And, of course, most teams have some sort of song that they've adopted, such as if you go to Neyland Stadium in Knoxville and they're going to play the song Rocky Top over and over again. And some people love that and some people would call that annoying, much like if you're at a Mississippi State game, people might love the cowbells, and opponents might just despise the cowbells and think that it's annoying. But I don't know of others that have used the cowbell or noisemakers to this extent for such a long period of time. Terry, I know you've got a lot of people curious about where they can read the report or listen to the report. I know there's audio, too. So how do we get it? Where do we go? Yeah, it's an audio documentary, and it's not that long. It's just over six minutes, but it can be. You can find it on YouTube if you want to. Uh, merely type in cowbell culture, small instrument, big impact, and you'll find it there. In the Golden Triangle area, the campus radio station, 91.1 FM, will air it within their 5 p.m. newscast on August 28th and August 31st, which is timed the week before the home opener before we take on southeast Louisiana, so kind of getting people aware and fired up again before the big home opener. Well, I think it's really cool. Something else for us to be proud of. I know some Ole Miss fans are probably like, ah, right now. But at the same time, I think it's what makes that goes to show that Mississippians really do have their own unique culture, their own unique stamp on how they, you know, love and get engaged with their, uh, with their teams of choice. And how cool is it that we kind of stand out in that way with the cowbell? So I think it's neat. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, and I hope everyone enjoys the football season. And for those who are state fans, ring their cowbells with pride. Absolutely. All right, you guys stick with us. We're going to wrap up good things coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. You 
watch good things on your computer, your mobile device, just head on over to Super Talk TV. I feel like I'm going to be analyzing all music now for the cowbell. Rhino, does it look like if it's a musical instrument, does it look like the same cowbell that people will be taking to games this coming up fall? Uh, yes and no. I mean, a cowbell is a cowbell. It's the, the bell-shaped part of what you're thinking of. But when they take it to a game, it usually has a handle so that it can be rung. Mm-hmm. Whereas in music, the cowbell tends to be attached to the drum kit somewhere. Very rarely do you have it like in the SNL skit so where they're holding the cowbell. So it's just part of the drum set? Like oh, yeah. drum sets just come with a cowbell? And a lot of newer cowbell sounds from drum sets don't look like a cowbell. They're just kind of a plastic wood block. And I feel like some of the songs you've played since we had Dr. Likes on – I didn't recognize, I knew the songs, but it's not like I sit in my car and think, I wonder what instrument instrument is making that noise. (laughs) Much less, oh, that's a cowbell. Like you wouldn't, I would have thought it was just either the sticks like clacking together or the whatever thingy majiggy that that has, um, you know, you just don't think about it. It's used in similar ways. Like you you talk about hitting the sticks together, you're counting, you're clicking to get usually to get a song started so that you set a rhythm and the cowbell is usually on a pretty simple rhythm you don't usually have like a cowbell solo oh there's no rhythm to it at uh when you're on a game day one thing i love that we didn't talk about with dr likes though is in cowbell culture and then i've got some deep rooted and love of mississippi state and my family not my immediate family my and my in-laws and it's the passing down of the cowbells that I think is super cool that you oh, don't yeah. find. I don't know. And again, with it being like an instrument or, or something, you try to think of and maybe state or and maybe uh, I mean, we were talking about maybe Ole Miss or even Southern or Jackson State. Maybe there are things that you pass down, whether it's. I know jerseys or helmets, but things you can actually take to the game. I feel like state's the only one that it's you, the family heirloom know, wine fountain. <laughs> I don't. It just nothing comes to mind as quickly as like the cowbell. But I've got friends, you know, who when they started school at state, you know, then they got handed it down, and then you know, or someone passed away, who's getting granddaddy's cowbell, or you know, that kind of thing. And it's usually painted or or, or sort of, um, I guess, uh, uh, well, the name deal. and all the thing on it. If you ha- if you go to a game with a cowbell, it's bad luck. It's faux pas. For you to have gone somewhere and purchased that cowbell for yourself. It's supposed your first cowbell is supposed to be, be a gi- gift. Uh, kinda like your first knife set. Yeah. And then you're supposed to give them a penny or a quarter because nobody should gift you knives, it will sever your relationship. Just to let you know that. Even if someone that's totally off topic, but even if you're given a um a pocket knife or any kind of fun knifery stuff, you should hand back a penny or a quarter because it will sever your relationship it's a wise tale just i remember that from from uh when we were getting uh married and we were having all our little showers the old ladies would be like, now you give a dollar back for that those life sets she gave you yes, spam you don't want to sever your friendship you yes, spam so anyway but with the cowbells i guess i get that like it needs to be a rite of passage it needs to be sort of passed down i would be interested to know like we've you know who's got the oldest Mississippi State cowbell. I wonder. I mean, if it's been in the culture for a hundred years, there's a chance that there's a hundred year old cowbell out there. I wonder if it still goes to the games, or maybe it's just sitting up and you don't want to necessarily ring it anymore. Although I feel like they're indestructible. 
Unless uh, for the most part. Unless you leave them outside, oxidation, rust, all things. Or but. if you get a little too excited, sometimes the uh, wire holding the clacker inside it can get a little weak. And then said clacker goes flying. Then you have a mute bell. You, just, you can ring it. It just ain't going to make a sound. I th- I, that's great. I think that's a wonderful bell. I want to be sitting in that section. Whatever. <laughs> they don't bother me. Honestly. I was just sitting I over here cracking up when he was talking about having to sneak them in because, yeah, before they changed the rule, you'd have to, like, take a handkerchief or a Walmart bag or something and cram it down in there because the the motion of walking with a cowbell, it's kind of the whole point. You put it around Could the cow's neck. Could you make it, it through? Well, that was before you got wanted to go in. You just didn't want to have the obvious... I'm sure plastic is not the exact it's not it doesn't it really um, give off the same kind of uh, sound at all were you gifted your first cowbell oh yeah who gave you yours my mom did oh was it her cowbell uh no but still it was a gift pretty cool all right you got more coming up next with the boys you got sports talk uh, sports talk mississippi y'all talk tomorrow better (laughs) coming up from three to six but we'll meet you back here tomorrow at two but until then i hope you all find time for the good things Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.